If you're growing a business or just thinking about launching a startup, this is definitely the podcast for you. This is Fast Forward, brought to you by Tech Manchester. We support early stage tech focused businesses. Each week, we'll dive into the issues that we know keep entrepreneurs awake at night. We'll chat to experts who'll share their tips and advice on how to handle everything from raising finance, making your first hire, to getting your company noticed on social media or in the press. Running a business is a roller coaster. It's exhilarating, but it's pretty damn scary at times too. We're here to help you get your business off the ground and hopefully get a better night's sleep. It's hosted by me, Patricia Keating, Executive Director at Tech Manchester. Standing in a tin shed, waiting for the van to come. Old friend, have you seen where my golden tickets be? Present like the fear from above, believers like we've never been in love. We're only gazing at stars on the ceiling. Welcome back to the Fast Forward Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be talking about social selling. Are you promoting your brand but not getting the sales and the results that you want to see? Last week we looked at the power of personal brand and social was a huge part of that. But social is so much more. It is a critical part of your business strategy. There are now 45 million people in the UK that are active users. That's 67% of the whole of the UK population. Social is a vital way for you to connect with the people that love your brand and also a way for you to find the new people that don't know your business. But how do you use social to effectively generate leads and boost sales? Alex Brown and Joe Growell are co-founders of the social media uh, marketing agency Campfire and they've grown audiences from just a handful to millions. And this has sparked a conversation um, for them to share some of their tips on how to fire up your social selling strategy. Welcome, Alex and Joe. Thanks for joining us. Great intro. (laughs) Guys, I'm so glad that you have come in because I know from spending time with you that you are two legends and uh, super experts when it comes to social selling. So I think there'll be a lot of really valuable advice uh, here today. Um, But before we get into that, um, I wanted to um, get to know a bit more about your two personal stories and how you ended up launching the business together. So your story starts at university. You both went... Um, tell us a bit about that, um, Alex. Let's start with you. What were you doing, and how did that lead you to finding your first business? Yeah, so uh, I did go to university, yeah, and I did a course in three D and visual effects. Um, that's sort of where you put in effects after you film something. Mm-hmm. It's because I always had interest in making videos and things like that, and I thought there's no point in going and doing a course on how to sort of learn how to hold a camera and point a camera, not to badmouth any people doing a film, <laughs> film degree. Can't think um, of anybody either. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was, uh, yeah, <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, it was good. And there I met sort of eight guys that I ended up forming my first company with uh, that was doing post-production and visual effects for uh, a few short films around the world, won a mm-hmm. couple of awards. And that was my first sort of step into entrepreneurship I suppose it didn't really feel like that at the time how did you get there though like I was a student I never went hey do you want to start a business together like how did you like or was it an opportunity or what like how did it it started out because we wanted to create a YouTube channel together right and we had this thing called it it was a series called breakdown where we would recreate some interesting visual effects from TV shows like Game of Thrones or movies like Harry Potter Um, and we put them online and we would get 
DMs from people doing Kickstarters mm-hmm. to try and set their own films up um, that were just saying, we really need someone to do our visual effects for our short film. Uh, and it's, we sort of fell into it like that and then started marketing ourselves as a visual effects yeah. company. Yeah, we're like, hey, we can make a bit um, of money at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and Joe, what about you? You also went yeah. to university, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unlike Alex, I didn't actually finish university, but I'll give the full story. So um, I went to university studying maths with finance, and that was supposed to lead me on to basically get an accounting job or something like yeah. that. I end up in that um, industry. God, how boring could your life have been? <laughs> could have been wildly different. <laughs> so um, no offence to any accountants. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for some reason, which looking back just seems to be um, my sort of interest in internet culture that I just sort of had anyway mm. with, you know, the internet, YouTube, social media, all sort of sprouting up um, whilst I was going through later teens and early, early adulthood. I, I seem to have like a natural interest in just online community and, and things like that. And one big part of that was these large uh, social media pages, accounts and communities. And mm-hmm. for some reason, I took an interest and wanted to grow those. And so that's what I do in my spare time in between lectures. Yeah. Um, you had a oh, side hustle at university. Yeah, side so you had a hustle, business yeah. and you had a side hustle. <laughs> side hustle, yeah. <laughs> um, so d- doing that for quite a few months just allowed me to start um, making a bit of money on the side where startups and small companies would want to get like a, a retweet on these Twitter accounts that I mm-hmm. got. And that basically allowed me to just not have a part-time job whilst I was at uni and afford rent. Oh, um, I'm so jealous. Which was ideal for a student. You know, you don't yeah. have to do that. You can just work from your bedroom at a weekend. It's ideal. Yeah. So um, that led me on to a conversation with um, a few people at an agency that I then went on to, which was the main reason I dropped out of university. Um, yeah. That was the agency called Social Chain. Yeah. Um, so I ended up working there for a few months part-time and they um, basically offered me a full-time role and it was up to me as to whether I wanted to drop out or stay at university. Yeah. So I just decided to take the risk God. and go for it just because I enjoyed it. A day that changes your life, eh? Yeah. <laughs> and then, so... Alex, you joined Social Chain as well, straight from uni, or what was your, how did you guys end up in Social Chain together? Well, like I was saying, I had the uh, visual effects company. Yeah. And then that sort of disbanded and everyone went there in separate ways. And then after that... You mean you that, graduated? We graduated, <laughs> yeah. And then we just all did all the stuff. Um, so then I started working in a studio for the same university. They'd just opened one in Media City and they just said, we need someone to run it. So mm. I thought, I oh, can use all this camera gear and... Cool stuff. I'll, yeah. I'll 100% man it for you. Um, and it, I was just extremely bored um, <laughs> because it was just me on my own for about 12 hours a day because none of the students knew it was there yet. Um, so I started Googling, trying to find ways that I could provide value to anyone, like yeah. any company. Um, and I was looking at agencies like, or media owners like Lad Bible and you know that at the time. And uh, then I found Social Chain because I'd seen that the head of Facebook was the guy that founded Lad Bible. I mm-hmm. think it was that way around. And I'd found it through some PR that they'd been doing. I looked further into it, and it was all about the sort of um, Twitter Illuminati, all this stuff. Um, and I thought it was really cool and interesting. I put my name forward as someone who could do video for them. Uh, and I think I went for an interview, and and after the interview process, I think I was like the second video person that had joined there. Mm-hmm. Um and I joined on their sort of media side, growing one of their pages that they own called Student Problems with a guy called Mikey Martin. And that's where me and Joe sort of met um, because Joe was originally a content creator, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then we just sort of met through sharing ideas and things like that when yeah. we were there. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I think it's such a great story, isn't it, about how you can kind of go from being a student at university straight into 
like uh, like a really one of the biggest social media agencies like in certainly in the in Europe. Smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you got stuck into social chain. You were doing some really cool stuff. Um, what kind of things did you learn there? What were the things that you discovered when you were there? I guess um, one of the early things that we learned um, kind of straight off the bat was what kind of content travels well online. Um, starting out as a content creator personally at the company, um, it was Sorry, my what job. does that actually mean? A content creator. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, that business specifically has um, its own media that are social media pages, accounts mm-hmm. and, and brands and things like that, uh, that they own and, and grow and publish content on. Uh, as a content creator, it's up to us to go out and find topics that people want to talk about or want to okay. learn about and yeah. we'll create content on that that we know okay. is going to work well on social. So, so visual, audio, yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of visual, mainly video. Uh, so we create video content that go out on the pages and uh, for people to consume. Mm-hmm. And so that was a lot of our day-to-day uh, early on. We were creating content for these communities with the main purpose of just growing these audiences and trying to get as many eyes on, on these pieces of content as, as possible. Yeah. Um, and so that was, yeah, that was our early focus. Yeah. What about you, Alex? What did I do there? Uh, what did you learn? Um, I learned a lot. So it, a lot of it was I, I did a psychology A level and sort of got to apply some of that stuff to the content that was created. So yeah. I approached it from an almost kind of scientific kind of way yeah, where I was like working out yeah, yeah, through trial and error what was uh, performing really well and what wasn't. Um, and I learned sort of the elements that are required to get a, get a person to share a piece of mm. content. Um, or like Joe was saying, it, for, it, for it to travel well online. But the other thing that I found quite striking was, despite us all knowing that we could get all these numbers and and the power of the platforms that we were using, the big brands that we got to work with, because like you're saying, they're a very big agency, the big brands that we got to work with were very slow to adapt to the types of content we were proposing. Mm-hmm. They would kind of try and shoehorn and a creative that was meant for a platform like TV yeah. into social media and say, you guys out of everyone can surely make this work. Mm. And we were like, no, you haven't thought about it at all. Um, which is actually one of the biggest things that we do at Campfire now um, is trying to preach that you have to design your content strategy around the platform that you're going to put it on. Mm. Uh, you can't just create a TV ad and then get a little bit of content for social and yeah. stick it on there. So I suppose because it costs so much money to do a TV ad that mm. like as a big business, you would want to try and recycle that and get sort of as much value from it as you can. Yeah, I suppose. But it, it, at the same time, it's, yeah, I, I can see why you would want to do that, but it, it's just not... You're not getting the value. Exactly. Yeah, it's, un- exactly. it's understanding the, the results that you're after. Uh, I can yeah. completely appreciate, you know, now we're both running a business, can appreciate trying to get the most out of the assets that you've got, but at the same time, you've got to also look at what kind of results you're getting for, Why for are you the doing cost. it in the first place? And, you know, if, you, if you're then going to um, apportion budget to then advertise on social media, but mm. your asset doesn't isn't something that's going to get you the results that budget's now gone to waste anyway. Yeah. So you're actually spending and wasting more money yeah. that isn't going to get you the results that you're after in yeah. the first place. Yeah. Nice. Um, so you spent some time in social chain together and mm-hmm. obviously developed a very sort of close bond and you were both bought into sort of each other's way of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, what made you just decide to go alo- go it alone? Um, so we were, like, we, were, we were at that business for, for quite a long time and uh, they... They're a really great business, and I think what 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 we've done a lot of was 
gathering people's attention. We'd, mm-hmm. we'd learn how to grow huge audiences, make content that's going to be able to do that, um, grow teams that can then facilitate that for us and, you know, grow, grow a business on the back of that um, that can then do that without our direct input anymore. Yeah. Um, we'd done that to a point and what we wanted to do was expand on on what was happening within that business. Now, there, was a, there was an opportunity there for us where we now know how to gather lots of people's attention. Yeah. How do we then later on re-pick up that attention? How do we then later on convert that into a sale? How do we yeah. convert that um, into a booking? Anything that different businesses want, how do we make sure that user journey continues? Um, and, you know, that user journey that we found uh, from starting Campfire is very different for different types of personas, for different kind of um, for different types of people that are interested in different things. Um, but that was the main focus for us. We saw a massive opportunity in being able to extend that user journey yeah. and being able to then guide them to a purchase or a sale or something like that. Yeah, it just sounds like um, everything you're saying is talking about personalization, you know, for the companies to personalize mm. the content that they're putting out onto social, um, to the, even to the individual consumer that they're they're even speaking to with it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Facebook and the, the platforms that we've got to play with are so powerful. Um, but a good example of that is probably when the TV first came out, one of the first ads on TV was basically a radio ad. You can find, yeah. them, on, you can find them on YouTube. I think the first ad that came out in the US was something like, oh, I can't remember, it was like America runs on something time. And mm-hmm. it was just a picture of a clock. And that was it. <laughs> that was a whole trailer. And now, but obviously, back then that would have been amazing. Been, yeah, wow, yeah, exactly, I can yeah. see a picture of a clock. But people didn't know and what... And I can hear the words. Yeah, but no one knew what the TV was capable of at that time that to them that seemed like a really good idea and it was a great ad but now if you look at that you'd be like what just happened on the tv (laughs) um but now people are still sort of putting tv ads Mm. on social media and thinking that it's amazing when i think as soon as i think more big brands are convinced to use these platforms in the way that they're designed to be used we'll look back at those and go like why were we putting such long well yeah. not well produced but long and we've TV spent all worthy. this money people yeah. should watch it on social media yeah exactly yeah. exactly yeah no keep it on tv folks um so i wanted to pick your brains um about the art of social selling um it's a bit more than having that glossy profile that we all see on the on the tv um but could you just take us under the bonnet of this especially for the audience um where we've got, you know, businesses who are starting up, entrepreneurs, not dissimilar to yourselves. So TV advertising probably wouldn't be a pathway for them anyway. Um, social is definitely going to be a channel for them. Where do entrepreneurs begin to even understand the algorithms and the various platforms? Um, I think... Like, where would I start? <laughs> um, so for for any business that wants to know how to make the most out of social, you really need to approach it from two different angles, depending on what you want your outcome to be mm-hmm. um, organic social, so like your regular um, Instagram, Facebook account, Twitter account, anything like that. Um, that's really the window into your brand, and where really you should be posting content that people want to engage with, people want to follow, and really tells the story of your brand the best. Um, that's really where the top of funnel starts. Um, where it gets interesting on social is your mid to bottom uh, bottom of funnel marketing. So where you can retarget people, the way you can get personal with certain messages, depending on what these people's interests are, how long they spent on site, all these different things that you can then learn about your customer. Um, and so that's what you do paid social for. And that's where you can really start to convert and go into sales. So imagine someone's gone on to uh, your business's website, or they've mm-hmm. gone onto your social page and watched 30 seconds of your video. Um, 
if that's a, a 40 second video, someone watched 30 seconds, that probably tells you that they've got a little bit of interest in whatever it is that you're talking about. If yeah. they stuck around for that long. They better watch all of our intro <laughs> video. <laughs> You'd hope so. Um, so if they've then gone onto the website and scrolled around and looked at certain pages, now you've got more of an indication that this person's quite interested in your web in uh, your product, sorry. Yeah. Um, and that's information that we can then know about the people that are looking at our video on our website. Yeah. If we've got that information then and we know that that person or that group of people are that interested in our product, then we'd ideally want to talk to them again and try and convince them to buy our product if they haven't mm. done so already. Um, so paid social then allows you to retarget these people um, if they've met that criteria. So if they've yeah. watched that 30 seconds, if they've spent so long on a website and looked at certain pages, we can reach them again through paid social. Um, and we can also do that using interests. So say, for example, they've done all of that and we've reached this point now where they mm. um, we can retarget them. We can split this group out into people who might be, you know, as a basic example, you might have people who are interested in gaming and you might have people that are interested in cooking. If, if we've got a product that could service both of these um, interest groups, yep. then you'd serve a piece of content that is bef- best fit for, yeah. for that interest group. So you'd put, uh, you'd put the product in a scenario that is best fit to talk to gamers about it. You'd also put it in a best fit that talk to um, foodies about it and you'd yeah. send that out to those different groups try and increase the conversion rate of that content and get them back to purchase your product. It's back to personalization, isn't it? Mm. And why you were saying earlier that t- just serving up a TV ad on social doesn't work because it doesn't actually reach the, the it doesn't pull at the, the consumer's desires, does it? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you'd see, I read a stat the other day that the average modern person sees about 5,000 ads per day. And I remember reading that and thinking, I don't know when I've seen 5,000 no. ads. I don't remember or recall a single one. I'm looking around now. I know. See how many you can spot? <laughs> There's every single logo. Literally, every, we're seeing thousands of ads every single day. So to stand any chance, you've got to be remarkable in your advertising or incredibly personal mm. or, or someone has to remember you for something. Um, and the easiest way to do that is to give a person a message that is extremely relevant to them at a specific, a specific point in time. Um, and Facebook ads allows you to do that. It's not particularly... The closest you can probably get with that with TV is airing commercials in a certain... Cornish Street. Yeah, in a, in a, a certain time of year. Um, besides that, with TV, you can't really do too much. Yeah. It's frightening, actually, when you when you think about it. But it, that goes back to, like, you know, you were saying about organic and, and the paid social. Mm-hmm. So is organic stuff that, you know, how much time should companies invest in that? Is that that's more the like building a feeling and a rapport and then the paid social is really about driving, like clo- almost like closing the deal. Is that kind of yeah. how? Yeah. And we, how much time should we spend on each of those things? We sort of like to think about it as two separate things. So... If you're doing organic social, we think about that as your shop window, as Joe said before, mm. or it's kind of like the content that people will see over time that will create a positive association with your brand over yeah. time. Um, for example, how do you know that a BMW is a nice car? Um if you think if you think I about it, it's, you, you just know <laughs> I, that yeah, it is. It looks nice and but it's because yeah. Over time, you've been Advert, trained by yeah. different adverts. I've been brainwashed. Essentially, right. essentially, yeah. Um, but that's sort of what you're doing with organic content that you're posting consistently. You're just reinforcing a brand image that, yeah. you, that you want. And then with paid social, that is more to do with conversions. So you're wanting to target specific customers at specific points in their user journey mm. or in the customer journey. 
um, to make your best attempt at converting that customer into a yeah. Into and then, like, there's so many platforms. How does a company decide which platform to use? Should you take a, you know, a spatter gun effect and try them all, do them all, or should we specialise? And then there's all these new genre ones, which I'm not even, like, you know, TikTok and, and Snapchat and things yeah. like that, where they're, you know, that's another level of, you know, there's just so, mm. there's it's almost, it's like there's just a, a huge industry in it. And, like, so how do companies decide? Yeah. Um, so different platforms um, offer different information on their audiences on there. Um, there's also a lot higher frequency of different types of content um, on each platform. So it's just a case of um, essentially analysing what kind of product it is that you've got um, what kind of service it is that you're offering if you're offering a service, um, what's your target audience um, and those kind of people, where are they spending the majority of their time? Um, what kind of content are they consuming? How do they consume it? Um, and once you've done this, you can sort of paint a, a, a picture of this persona that of of exactly who is your ideal customer, who's your perfect customer, or who is most likely buying your product. Mm-hmm. Um, once you've done that, you can then essentially go to these different platforms and look at what information is on offer. You know what what audience demographics are most on this platform, what interests are most on this platform, what information they're offering you to be able to target those people as well. You know, different platforms offer different um, targeting options, so you can break down audiences in different ways on different platforms. Um, and so each each platform has its own uh, upsides and downsides. It's more just a case of um, trying to match your product or service to what it is that the platforms are offering. There's no okay. sort of right or wrong platform to be using at the minute. And then what about the new ones? Are they just as good or are they the sort of the new, the, the upstarts? Are they, what are they offering that's different to the ones we're probably more familiar with? Well... For me, it just is it too of, early? I'm not sure. No, I don't think so at all. So, like, people think of emerging platforms as like Snapchat and TikTok mm-hmm. uh, in terms of utilizing their uh, advertising capabilities. TikTok's only just sort of now um, inviting brands on to advertise onto the platform, but that's incredibly powerful. And the way that the way that they do it is pretty smart as well. They sort of sandwich it in between two really successful TikToks. Okay, um, and the the sort of ease or the process of like actually clicking on buy is really smooth. Yeah, it's a, it's a really the smooth. Friction, the friction yeah. between between seeing the yeah. ad and actually purchasing the product is incre- is very very low. Um, for me, what if, have you ever heard of um, the platform Wish? Yes. So thanks to my brother-in-law who buys <laughs> ridiculous amounts of tat on it. Yeah. So and that, I'm now addicted. And he's also sent me another one called DHG or something. Right. Um, so the <clears> Wish uh, platform. Uh, does like three to six billion dollars a year or something in revenue. And that was set up by two Google engineers that worked on the Google AdWords platform. Mm-hmm. And 90% of their marketing budget goes on Facebook ads. Right. So if that's an indicator of for big businesses on sort of where yeah. they should be putting their marketing budget, then yeah. there you go. That's mad. So two, two lads just putting it together and just knowing how to really sort of exploit yeah, the platform to yeah, their absolutely. audience. But the key is that they've they've helped to put together the Google AdWords platform and just shifted their budget towards yeah. Facebook and Facebook ads. Yeah. Um that it is a I wouldn't put all your eggs in one basket and completely um invest entirely into Facebook ads. Uh platforms like Snapchat are incredibly powerful as well. And yeah. the targeting options that they offer uh are rivaling Facebook at the moment. So yeah. 
that's definitely a platform that's worth looking at. Just sounds like loads of opportunities for, for businesses, really. Massive, yeah. So we've touched on uh, content. We touched on why TV content doesn't work on, on social, but how should content on social differ from those traditional forms of advertising? Like, what should it look and feel like? Um, so you've really got to think about how people are consuming content on those platforms. Mm. Um, anyone who's sat, at, um, sat on the couch watching TV they've got a very different um, type of engagement with whatever is in front of them as mm. they have on social. Yeah, um, because socials, if they're even engaged with it. Exactly. It's like background mm. noise nearly. Exactly. Well, yeah, definitely. When you're yeah. on your phone no, looking you, at you your look social. Your <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what you're doing, you're watching the ads, or you fast forward them. <laughs> exactly. So if you're, if you're on social, um, yeah. you actually have much more of a choice as to what you're watching. And that choice is now massive. You can go anywhere on different platforms and continue to scroll until you found something that you want. Um, and so if you're then trying to capture someone's attention with an ad, which is mm. something that they typically wouldn't choose to watch, yeah. then you've got to, first of all, make something that is going to stop that scrolling behavior. Yeah. Um, so make it exciting or create a, an informational gap that they need filling or create a, an informative statement and continue to lead from there. Um, and so that's the first step. From there, um, it's it's a known fact now that people's um, attention span is oh, yeah. starting to decrease. Well, it's um, less than a goldfish. Exactly. It's, it's <laughs> Apparently down it down. is. And so it's, yeah. University it's, students is less than a goldfish. Less than a goldfish. <laughs> yeah. Seven, less than seven seconds. <laughs> well, exactly. With that now, so it's it's our jobs to make sure that we can retain that attention for, um, for as long as possible. Hmm. And that also comes into play when you're making a piece of social content. Uh, you want to keep it realistically between... 15 to 30 seconds if, if that is an ad. Um, otherwise, you're going to lose someone's attention. If you have got their attention, then for that 15 to 30 seconds, you need to make sure that you are continually leading their attention to an endpoint. And once you re- reach that endpoint, you also need to make a very clear call to action of what it is that you want to happen next. Otherwise, yeah. they're going to go back to the previous action and scroll past your ad and probably forget about you until you've retargeted them again at the next time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Going, damn, we didn't get that piece right. <laughs> exactly. So it's it's about being um, clear and exactly what it is that you're trying to do and be and grab that attention straight away at the beginning mm-hmm. of whatever that piece of content is. Um, continually inform or lead that attention to the end point and at that end point you need to be very clear about what it is you want that person to do next. Yeah. Um, it must pain you to look through, uh, do your own scrolling and see companies doing social selling really, really badly. <laughs> It's quite well. Sometimes it's annoying, and then sometimes it's more annoying because we see. Or is it opportunity? Kind of, but then sometimes we we see content that we think is subpar, and yeah. then we'll look at the size of the business and how much revenue that they must be doing. Yeah, and look at their ads library because if you go, you can look on ads library on Facebook and see what ads are being run by anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and whilst the content is terrible, it's clearly working. So that's frustrating yeah. as well. So it's what it's a weird thing where. There's all this room for improvement that even sort of content that we would think is mm. subpar is performing yeah. extremely well. There's uh, there's so much room for improvement, which so yeah, it's it's frustrating, it's frustrating in sort of two ways. Um, yeah. And what kind of things are they getting wrong? So obviously there's there's bad ads out there that do well for some freak of nature reason, and yeah. they just resonate with their audience. And then there's obviously really bad ads that you can also go on and see that they're doing terribly and they're it's not working. What kind of mistakes? We love a good horror story on the show. <laughs> and what are the what, is, what are some of the worst um, social campaigns? I can't. I can't say what business it was, but I remember it was when we were at Social Chain, and this is one of the ones that made me think about that businesses don't understand uh, social at all. And they were trying to recruit someone, 
And so they wanted to post it on one of the student mm-hmm. pages. And it was just a it was just like a, a yellow and black picture with a load of words on it that yeah. you to look at, nothing stands out to you at all. It takes just a, blob. a while to digest. Yeah, exactly. It was just a blob, essentially. And there was like, you're all right to put this on your pages. And we were like, this isn't going to... What do you expect to happen when <laughs> yeah. when we post this? Because you can't rely... The other thing is you can't really rely on organic reach on pages anymore. Yeah. So if you're working with... If you choose to work with communities, we don't really work with communities too much, but if you were to choose to work with a community, um, if your piece of content isn't shareable and engaging... It's going to reach like two sub people. five. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to reach anybody. Yeah. Um, you're, the people that you're sharing the content with are going to act like your antenna that are going to sort of boost your content for you. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to have to use paid, which is, it, but still, if no one's engaging with it and people are sort of scrolling, yeah. your cost per click is going to be ridiculously high. So there's just focusing on a piece of content that's going to be engaging and shareable um, is really really important it's going to save you money in the long run in terms of what makes a piece of content shareable and engaging joe you want to take over so i'm not talking for ages <laughs> sure. um yeah so uh when whenever we make a piece of content we always try and keep in mind what what makes someone share something if that's mm-hmm. the end goal anyway yeah. you know what what is it that triggers someone to share um something that we that we sort of built out a long time ago wasn't it um, and we use this still to this day. So there's three main factors of why people share something. Um, the uh, piece of content online, that is. Uh, the first one is emotional gifting. Yeah. So if I've seen a piece of content that makes me feel a certain way, oh, whether it's yeah. like cute or happy or sad. Yeah. Um, puppy is a classic. A puppy is a classic. Yeah. So if Cat I videos. see a really cute video of a puppy, I'm probably going to share that because yeah. I want to gift this emotion that I felt and almost feel responsible for passing that on to someone else. Mm. Um, and when someone feels that emotion, I now almost get like the gratification of passing that on. Yeah. Um, so that's one key reason why people share. Um, two is identity. Um, so if I identify with um, a certain piece of content that talks about a movement or anything like that, yes. I'll share that because that is almost like a statement online of yeah, who I am. That's my I'm, brand, exactly. my personal brand. Um, yeah. One of the best examples of that that happened this year, a massive rising uh, group, was um, obviously veganism has, has, yep. um, has blown up. More people uh, uh, have turned to veganism. And what we saw online was a lot more people sharing that because that's such a strong identity piece. Yeah. Um, that... You know, ve- uh, veganism as a conversation on social platforms has massively increased because of that. Yeah. Um, well, we're coming into veganary, aren't we? Uh, veganuary, yeah. Veganuary, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's point number two. Uh, the third one is uh, informational uh, gifting. Um, so if I've learned something new from a piece of content that I previously didn't know, I want to then share that because yeah. I feel responsible for teaching this to someone else. And so when someone else learns something new or responds with a comment saying, oh my God, I didn't know this, yeah, it's now I'm getting the gratification because I shared that. And so I've, in my mind, I've taught you something. yeah, um, And I'm responsible for you having learned that piece of information. So um, if you can hit um, more than one of those and ideally three, um, then you've you've got a piece of content that more, more often than not people are definitely going to share. Is there a name for that? Is there any kind of like, is there an acronym or something for it? Like... The golden nugget or something? <laughs> yeah, golden triangle. <laughs> yeah. As coined by Alex here today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's come full circle back to Campfire and back to you guys. So um, you've so you've less social chain and, and you've launched Campfire now. Yeah. Um, and that's been, a, is it a year? I don't know if it is it a year. Um, so we, 
Yeah, eight I think we've just done eight months now. Yeah, yeah. amazing. And um, I really want to understand sort of, you know, obviously you've all this expertise and you're driving that into the the business. But what's what's the vision? Like, what's the plan for Campfire and where do you want to take it over the next um, 12 to 18 months? Uh, for me, Campfire just is, I want to be able to pull together a really talented group of people that have a similar vision to me in that I'd love to be able to produce something that is remarkable and memorable and because there's going to be, there'll be hundreds of agencies, there's been agencies before, there'll be agencies afterwards that will produce content their entire sort of existence mm-hmm. and not one person will remember any piece of content that's ever been produced there. Yeah. And that will be so sad um, for that to happen. But I just keep thinking like, I, I want to be able to innovate um, the way that advertisers be, advertising is being done in, uh, at the moment um, I'd love to be able to get everyone up to speed on not putting TV ads on social media and utilising the platforms properly, Yeah, uh, helping brands explore the way that they can do that well. Because um, I just keep thinking about how, how jealous I was of the guy that probably revealed the first billboard or like when yeah. that would have been insane to see. Mm-hmm. But now it's just, it's just everywhere. everywhere and everyone's yeah. got a billboard. But hey, I'd love to guy? be able I wonder to, what his name is. I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> Um, billboard guy but yeah you get this huge I wonder if his huge... name's Bill William Board yeah <laughs> Bill, Bill, Bill Board um, but yeah I'd love to I'd love to be able to sort of leave Have something that behind legacy. Like that. a legacy yeah, yeah yeah I didn't want to say legacy it sounds really no that's cool Jeez. that's nice Joe for us uh, working on social it's such a fast paced environment um, things that worked a month ago will not work today just yeah. because the landscape is changing all the time and so if any brand can can keep up with the the change uh, the pace of how quickly social is changing yeah they're going to be leaps and bounds ahead of their competitors um and so we really want to work with brands that are willing to to put themselves really on social and, and keep up with that pace and keep up with that with that change on social yeah Looking yeah, for somebody to take risks. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, it's not even a risk. Like, look yeah, at it's a really like low, fortune, low risk. Yeah, but, there's like a lot of Fortune five five hundred companies now are losing market share, and then you've got companies like Gymshark and one of our clients, Misguided, going like five, ten, twenty, fifty, hundred, two hundred million, three hundred million, mm-hmm. and it's just like all of their investment is going into influencer Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. So it's not like a thing where it's not a risk. It's not, it's that happening yeah. anyway. And there's companies that are just sort of saying, oh, well, we'll, we'll just sort of put more. Well, it's not as high up. risk as TV, is it? Where it's like, do this yeah. TV ad and you're going to make millions, but it's going to cost you millions to do the TV ad. The stuff that you can do in social can be so low cost, A, B, tested. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying that TV ads that don't yeah. work for 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 any uh, for, for any minute. But, but for, for, you know, people who are starting businesses where that's beyond their reach. You know, Absolutely, yeah. What Absolutely. you're talking about is a, a really uh, affordable way, you know, that's lowered the barrier for businesses, challengers, really, that you've just described to be able to challenge the big Fortune 500 yeah. um, in the same way. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Well, I am very excited to see um, where you go. Um, I think probably from today I've taken that there is a whole world of wizardry and uh, and art to um, the work that you do. And I'm not sure... Um, uh, I think it's probably a, a podcast where uh, entrepreneurs will go away with a lot more to learn, um, or realize that there's a lot more that they can that they can learn to be able to help accelerate their social selling strategies and and um, hit the commercial targets that they they want. So um, 
you know, I'm not sure if we're going to give them a better night's sleep off the back of this podcast, but certainly your expertise has certainly opened um, a whole new world of conversation for entrepreneurs out there. Um, so overall, hopefully they'll get a better night's sleep. Thank you. <laughs>